This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah! Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah! But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Wars The Book of Boba Fett on Disney+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about... The season premiere, the series premiere for the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter One, Stranger in a Strange Land. Uh, this, I, I, I think I want to call this all new live action Star Wars. It's certainly Star Wars focused on one of the fandom's favorite characters, I, I think. Like one of the most overappreciated characters, perhaps, given the amount of screen time <laughs> he's had in the yeah. last 40 years, 50 years yeah. at this point. Uh, Aaron. What do you think of uh, this first episode? Well, I, I, I got two opinions of it. Number one, my first opinion was I had read Alan Sepinwall's review and he's seen more episodes than we have. This doesn't sound like your opinion, read. but OK. <laughs> well, but it was shaped by a person oh, I respect a lot. Okay. And he said, this is, you know, th- this is kind of the grittier bounty hunter series that Mando it's promised a- before it pivoted to Gr- Grogu. Really? And it like goes, you know, some of the violence and the the ruthlessness exceeds even that of what we saw in Mando. And I'm thinking like, well, I guess Mando is pretty rude. He fed that one dude alive to a pack of wild glowing red eyes and, and he's flamethrowed people and he, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's done people dirty. Like Mando's not a nice guy. He's a broadly yeah. speaking good guy. Mm-hmm. But he's not a nice guy. And I'm like, okay, because that's what I thought Mando was going to be. I'm like, all right, book Boba. Boba Fett going to be rough and ready, not giving a shit. Uh, and I watched this episode and I'm like, this, like, like down to the child sidekick that they give him by the end of the show. This feels so much like the Mandalorian in that, like, you've mm-hmm. got a person who's supposed to be this gritty, ruthless, amoral person. And he's got a code. And I, I knew, like, you know, that's kind of like what I was expecting if, if I hadn't read Alan's review, you know, because uh, Boba Fett is the prototypical kind of anti hero. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, you know, the, like the, the, the Punisher only with the, with the, you know, the skull sanded off of his breastplate. Uh, and I, that, like I said, I was like, no, no, this is just, this is just kind of Mando. Um, and then I watched the second time and I guess I appreciated it for what it, for what it was. Uh, and I liked it, liked it more that time. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this will get to that area. But like, I, I was a little, I was hoping, hoping a little bit for on the second live action series for them to branch out and do something a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit more challenging, a little bit more, uh, older ch- teenager kind of thing. Uh, and that's not what Shit, this I'd is. go for something thing? adult at this point. Like you got to think how old are Star Wars fans? I mean, Star Wars fans were all ages when Star Wars came out originally in 1977, Star Wars fans now are really all yeah. ages. Like a lot of them are very old yeah. at this point. Like, come on. It, it I, seems- I, I, I want, I want something else, some other flavor from Star Wars at some point. And I know everybody loves rogue one and that's probably about as dark as Star Wars will ever get. And Walt Disney rogue, has their hands on the one. switches. Um, Cause this is, 
as far as I can tell, a Mando clone. This is no no pun intended, right? The, <laughs> this is exactly the Mandalorian in tone, in aesthetic, in, in I mean, cultural that, affiliation, <laughs> right? In in music, in in end credit sequence. Like it doesn't know favors that they have mm. just wholesale ripped the outro off of Mandalorian and put it on here with that, uh, you know, concept art stuff. Um, so yeah, I was, I was looking the theme for is different, else. but not as good. Right. They're like, I, I, I thought yeah. the, you know, I, I think the Mando is catchy. Like I always find myself yeah. like humming it in the shower and breaking out into the man, my little Mandalorian song. Uh, this, like I couldn't hum it if you asked me to. No, not yet. Certainly. Um, it's, it's not as memorable, I think. And I, I don't know, like to call this anything, anything but like a maybe a teen show, uh, like maybe some YA stuff seems disingenuous. I, I watched Mando uh, fire a rocket at someone in this episode mm-hmm. and and they disappeared. They were erased from the screen. It's there. There was no blood. There wasn't a single drop of blood on the wall where they were left. There was just like a, a, like a rated like a rated teen video game. You know, it just disappears, gone. Yeah, right. I yeah, I, I I was taken aback. I thought like, oh, maybe there was some error in the the effects because that's just not how anything works. And I I don't know. Um, it, it became clear to me at that point that this is not an adult show. But you know, that's the market Disney's going after with this stuff. All this Star Wars well, stuff. So, so here's another point into consideration because like, I think that like these Star Wars shows, broadly speaking, are designed for a whole family to sit down and enjoy on a Saturday afternoon or a Friday night as they order pizza or whatever. Like it's kind of like you get the Star Wars mom, the Star Wars dad, the Star Wars kids together and you watch it. Um, and that's been yeah. like I've talked about it. Like, you know, when Mando came out, my son was like 11 going on 12. And he was like, you know, the idea of like an army of Mandalorians coming and jumping a bunch of thugs with their jetpacks and blow- flamethrower and right. Like he was like, fuck, yes, this is everything I've, I've ever wanted from Star Wars content. Then he, you know, mm-hmm. uh, followed it through the next season and, you know, suitably excited about the return of Boba Fett and Luke's all that stuff was cool. This year, I said, hey, it's, uh, you know, the, the Book of Boba's coming out. Do you, do you want to watch it with me? And he's like, ah, you know, <laughs> if you want me to, that kind of thing. Right. Because he is addicted to The Expanse. Like, he's with, with you know, just, just beside himself to see the next episode for that. So, like, I think that, like, you know, and he's 15 going on 16. I, I I think that's a problem that Disney's going to have is like that you know um, I don't know there there's probably I know I know there's lots of dudes that, but the thing is is like if if you watch this as like a uh, a person like a 35 year old person that doesn't have kids yet um I, I you just as a 30 minute show you just watch like a snack and then you move on like I I don't I don't know like what big questions there are to answer. I don't know what we're going to learn about. Like as all these life lessons are going to teach us that stuff that you probably already learned as a 12 or 13 year old watching things like Disney's gargoyles and (laughs) you know, still like, like that, that's that kind of same brand and feeling where it's like, yeah, it's dark compared to DuckTales, but it's not dark compared to like literally anything, anything else you'd watch as an adult. So it is, it is this tweener show and, and uh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's um, it's just not what I hoped for after Mandalorian. Like we already have the Mandalorian. We don't need well, another Mandalorian. We needed something else. And this is 
I, I read somebody saying that they had hoped or, or were still hoping that this would become the Sopranos in space. I'm like, if you think that Disney is going to produce the Sopranos in space, you have lost your fucking mind. Well, I was hoping because I like when I saw the trailer, I'm like the Godfetter. Yeah, like, that's I could fair. Totally but after seeing down... this episode, if you still think Disney might turn this into the Sopranos in space, you've lost your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, I saw another really funny tweet. I thought that's like, I can't believe with because that's the thing. Like I look motherfuckers i'm a star wars fan don't come at me with this shit <laughs> i i saw the originals oh, no. in the motherfucking theater i've read all the novels until well into the vong i played the D, the old weston d6 game don't you kids come at me with this shit <laughs> so i just want to say that i'm a huge star wars fan and because of that like there's some mind-blowing things out in the star wars galaxy there's like primitive force users like shamans and witches there's uh, monks that spend their whole life with their brains and bar- jars and bodies of mechanical spiders. There's like uh, droid, medic droids with human brains for some reason. Crazy shit. And the first two live action is like essentially imagine if you had the first two live action uh, Star Wars was Stormtrooper and the second one was another Stormtrooper. Right. That's what we're getting. We're getting a Mandalorian <laughs> and another Mandalorian. Like, yeah, that's the is... most disappointing part about it, I think. Like, I, I could I could tolerate it not being, like, a super adult show. It's just, it's more of the same in, in every yeah. way. And not just in, like, in tone, but in, like, ev- everything about this feels like The Mandalorian. Star Wars Universe main character challenge can't be Jedi, soldier, bounty hunter, or smuggler. Go. <laughs> apparently challenge level impossible because i've seen the roadmap and we are not getting anything other than those archetypes for 2022 at least yeah steady doses of jed and I, i'm pretty excited to see the, the obi-wan kenobi because that's a great character just like but like you know i i hope they have a little bit of that that shifty kind of episode two sherlock holmes detective with force power kind of like that kind of obi-wan because I got and like we know what Obi-Wan is doing. He was stuck on Tatooine. Like it's gonna be fucking Mando part two like part three uh still on Tatooine. I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain an open mind about this stuff, but like mm-hmm. again, this is a huge fucking galaxy. That, that and, and not just yeah. in terms of space, but time. Like yeah. there's ten thousand years of the Star Wars universe that's roughly mapped out, and it's just kind of insane to me that that they're just, uh, you know, scooping full, you know, s- several scoops of the same flavor of ice cream again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I so guess now everyone switched off until... the podcast and they're, they're pissed off. Uh, sure. And, and Grandpa Aaron called him out, told him to get off his Star Wars lawn. <laughs> I think. Get off my moisture farm, you kids. I think, I think we're ready to talk about uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. I think so. Let's take a quick break first. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. 
we try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. Well, some people aren't the joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. All right, we start off the episode with we, a... Before we, before we start, can we talk about the episode title a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. Stranger and Strange. Did you know that's a Bible quote? I didn't. It is. It is. I think it's interesting. It's from Exodus 2.22, and it's uh, uh, Moses naming his firstborn uh, Gershom, which means a stranger there and in Hebrew. And he explains, I named you this because I've been a stranger in a strange land. You know, Moses, uh, uh, Hebrew slave. Right. A little uh, slice of through through a through a, a series of uh, crazy aquatic adventures, ends up in the court of Pharaoh, uh, falls out of favor for murdering Egyptian, flees to another land. So he's just like, I, I think it's kind of interesting to, you know, for Favreau to to name this episode after this because this is like I think anytime you're it is a little Ten Commandments Charleston Heston, you know, Boba like walking over the burning pl- plains of sand. Uh, maybe there's even a, like a little bit of uh, Boba Fett's going to be some kind of savior figure to these sand people. Cause like, I, I, you know, sand people pretty underserved characters in the star Wars. They're like mm-hmm. just essentially savages. You yeah. couldn't get away with having sand people if they were like a real, because like that's like, they would just be like these, these hideous stereotypes. And it'd be interesting for him to like, yeah, yeah. you know, flesh them out and make them fully sympathetic, really, you know, fully realized uh, civilization. And I wonder if they're going to do something like that. But I, I was like, it's, it could just be a sick ass title. Uh, it, that sounds, sounds cool. But doesn't seem to speak uh Tuscan Raider, but does not. Mando does. I think Mando does. Right. Did he speak with them in definitely? The Mandalorian? Can, I don't, uh, I think so. Uh, he definitely can speak like, and that's the other Pretty thing. Is sure. like, um, so maybe this yeah. show won't be the show for it, but Mandalorian, yeah, yeah they might do that. Well, I think that the Boba's going to learn. Oh, you think so? Because like clearly, there's going to be this parallel arc of Boba. I think there's going to. It seems like there's going to be a parallel arc of Boba's adventures with the Sand People and becoming kind of like master of those two worlds with the adventure uh, of him like becoming this new crime boss and uh, and Mos Espa and, and Tatooine and kind of learning. And that's that skill set he has being a crime boss. Oh. Um, I think there's going to be a parallel structure of him becoming master of both of these worlds. Um. It seems to me anyway. Yeah, how much time passed during Mandalorian? Um, That's a great question. I have no, like, a year or so total. Yeah, I, I didn't really keep track of it at all. Depends on how much time you spent hiding out in some of the various worlds where, like, you know, because he spent, like, good amount of time um, on some of that, like, that swamp world kind of mm-hmm. hiding out. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I I don't know. Uh, it seems like there must have been a power vacuum for quite a while in the deserts of Tatooine uh, mm-hmm. since between the time that Jabba dies and the time that like you know, Boba kept could it going learn a little bit to yeah. speak Tusken Raider and unite the, the people and yeah, come back and claim the throne. 
and build the yeah. throne too. Like we, they, they don't mention it, but there's just a fucking throne there. I don't know what Java would have had a use for a throne. Uh, well, I, that so that was like Java's dais. It is built on that, but like I imagine Bib Fortuna didn't just like lounge on the dais, right? He probably had a throne installed. Yeah, I thought yeah, the throne had a cool. throne. Uh, yeah, the throne does look cool. I love the rancors on the front on the armrests. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we we pan through Java's palace uh, to Boba in a back to tank while flashing back to his father, well, father quote in quotes there, uh, his father's death. And then we flash back to him burning his way out of the Sarlacc pit and passing out in the sand. And then sucking some vital fluids from a stormtrooper in the process. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hijacking his air supply. Oxygen supply, air supply. Because yeah. he's like. Does does Boba not have an oxygen supply? I thought part I of Boba's not. thing was it's a, it's among other things a spacesuit. Yeah, I thought it might be. But... Maybe he didn't bother to fill up the oxygen tank because he didn't plan on going into space. You know, he's just going to chill at, mm-hmm. at, at the uh, Jabba's party. He's going to mac on a couple Twi'lek pilot girls. He was just going to you know have sure. a good, good old time, spend some of his Han Solo money, and uh, he ends up getting. Uh, some people I saw some people have problems like I don't remember stormtroopers being fed to the Sarlacc. I'm like. You're telling you me a couple that, of stormtroopers didn't go in during that fight, or uh, well, yeah. I don't think stormtroopers. They weren't. But like, I, I, to me, a stormtrooper is a cop, and job is a crime lord, and uh-huh. it wouldn't surprise me at all to find a couple storm dead stormtroopers in the Sarlacc pit because, oh, like, yeah. sometimes you got to kill a couple of these guys. There's your Sopranos it, in space. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Put a couple um, of bodies now, in the the Hudson Sarlacc. <laughs> you were. I, I know you were. Or maybe you weren't. Were you a Parks and Rec fan? Uh, I watched it. Uh, some of it. I have not seen most of it, I would say. Um, I think it's interesting because uh, the Patton Oswell, Oswald had this, um, you know, uh, longstanding uh, or he, he had this character and he was doing a um, filibuster of some kind of Pawnee politics. And the, what he did is he he told this whole long, like eight minute long fan fiction story. They only use like the first minute or two in the show. But um, it, it went a little something like this, Jim. Pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine. Uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. After a beat, this playing? the gloved Mandalorian armor mm-hmm. gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Okay, this is exactly... And we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. I thought it was funny that, like, uh, you know, they did this thing. um, You you can't see this as a podcast, but they superimposed his his description of the scene over the actual scene itself. And Mm -hmm. it is a nice little kind of, like, homage. I mean, it's, it's tough because, like, again, this is what we didn't know the details, but this is literally what, you know, like, we don't know if he jut packed out or what, but this is kind of literally, I have a lot of questions. Like how the hell did he burrow through all that sand? Yeah. Like, that sand's sand's heavy, man. I don't know. Like maybe jet pack or something or, and it's rough fucking, and coarse and gets everywhere. I it mean, gets everywhere, especially when you got acid sand, this is skin. Yeah. It's partially digested Sarlacc skin. <laughs> uh, I don't think it'd be comfortable. I don't, I don't, but, uh, uh, he, he burns and slices his way outside. Yeah. He sure does. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, what else do we expect, right? He's in the Sarlacc pit. He's got to get out of the Sarlacc pit. I guess the other possibility is he just jetpacks straight up and out of it. Um, 
Yeah, I was I was hoping I, I thought the Sar. OK, what do you think of the Sarlock? I like the sound design, like the throbbing mm-hmm. kind of heartbeat, slow heartbeat, something that would, you know, sounds like something would digest you for a thousand years. I thought the the design of it itself, like the the big uh, latex sheets and folds were. Yeah, it's a know. little cheap, I, I, but it, it yeah. looked. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what I envisioned the inside of a Starlight pit looking like, but I, I didn't feel like these things would really keep you there. Like, mm. they're slippery, I guess. So there's no way you could really climb up out of it if you didn't. I mean, you could have see daylight from something. where he was at. That was a crazy thing. Yeah, like, he's so, like, not I think too he far from the surface. Of course, his jetpack was malfunctioning because mm-hmm. Han yeah. smashed, so maybe he couldn't. Um, but it would have been interesting to see him do something besides just like hack, slash, and burn his way through the surface. I don't know. Yeah, and they didn't even show that because it. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he burns out the side and then swims through the sand to get to get out. But okay, did the Sarlacc look dead to you when he? Because like I, I noticed, there's like a bunch of limp tentacles hanging out of his mouth. Do you think uh, Boba Fett has canonically killed the Sarlacc? Because it certainly wasn't dead from just Bar- Boba's skiff exploding over. I heard its heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really notice that. I know that in the the tales of the bounty hunter, he leaves it like not quite dead. It's still alive mm-hmm. um, in the, the story where he gets out in the expanded universe from before Disney took over. Uh, what do they, what do they call that now? Oh, the legends. Yeah, Star Wars Legends. Um, yeah, he he leaves it alive there, so I assume it's still kind of alive, like he is, just mm. barely. Maybe it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, having some asshole tear itself out of your stomach can't be good for you. Yeah, but yeah, I probably got a lot of sand in his look, mouth. Looked like overcooked linguine uh-huh. in in a well picked over uh, bowl from Olive Garden to me. Yeah, does not look like a vital ongoing concern. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so then the Tuscan Raiders find Boba and take him prisoner. And they squeeze a bunch of bug juice in his mouth, which was pretty gross. Grub squeezins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, that, is that their version of smelling salts? Because it wakes him up. I mean, if someone squeezed a grub into my mouth, it, <laughs> they'd get me up and going too, sure. Uh, also, is it better or worse than Luke's blue milk uh, fiasco? Well, uh, Boba seems to enjoy it a lot less than Master Skywalker. Master Skywalker seems to revel yeah. in, in the fresh squeeze blue milk. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, did you what do you think of the Jawas just like stealing Boba Fett's armor? I mean, uh, it, it needed a way to get out there, right? Like, well, it we, makes sense. yeah, I mean, they, they, they kind of painted themselves into a corner with the story that he told with, uh, you know, Tim, Tim Oliphant last year. Uh-huh. And, you know, but like. I don't understand what it took. Boba Fett so long to get his armor back like he's the most famed tracker and feared tracker and bounty hunter of the galaxy that seems to me like uh, his wandering was a lot more voluntary than I would have imagined because I think if he wanted to track down the Jawas to rob the shit he could do it no problem yeah I wonder if the timeline we'll see just lines up where he had just gotten away from the Tusken Raiders essentially and was coming back for his armor at that point I, I don't know I, but I, I, I do kind of every time I see like a beloved figure in the hands of a billion dollar company, I always think like, do they understand what they're doing moment to moment? Like, do they understand like what it looks like to have like one of the biggest badasses of all time 
to to have their cha- his chain snatched by Jawas mm-hmm. and to like <laughs> need another Mandalorian's help to get it out of the pawn shop. Like I, mm-hmm. I hope that they have thought all this through and have really good answers for that because otherwise it's you know uh, Boba Fett might be the next wharf where it's like oh well he's I don't, but but who's trying to put over the Jawas as badasses you know like, oh yeah just, nobody. Yeah, and I get it. You're half digested by Sarlacc, but the next day you're going to get up. You're going to get a grub squeezed into you. And you're going to mar- do a death march across the Dune Sea. So what the hell? Yeah, he gets worse before he gets better for sure. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, Mando's taken back to the Tuscan Raider camp. He's beaten by a gang of Tuscan punks and attacked mm-hmm. by a massive. And the punks prove too much for him. They knock him out, but he fights off the massive and uses the teeth to cut. Uh, his bindings he tries to run but he's chased down and recaptured uh after a fight which i at this point like i'm i'm shocked that he can even stand up let alone fight what's the deal with the rodian too by the way i'm just another prisoner well what do you mean what's the deal like yeah like i'm i'm kind of with boba like dude i asked you if you want to be free and you like alert our hosts that we're oh oh, yeah that what's the deal i don't know man uh, this guy's got some kind of masochistic death wish he's here. Got, like, like one day wish. in the sand, he's full on Stockholm syndrome, uh-huh. sand person syndrome. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, and we're never going to find out either because he gets mauled by Machamp at the end. So I'm going to say he's afraid of the punishment. Like if, you know, he's not confident in his own ability to escape and he's afraid of the punishment if he tries. That's my headcanon. And he does have, you know, kind of bloated, partially digested Boba Fett. He doesn't look impressive. He just watched this guy get beat oh, down by yeah. children. Yeah. But yeah, maybe the confidence is not necessarily off the off the scales here. No, if Boba has his armor in that scene, I think he's like, hell yeah, get us out of here, man. I did like the different, like the distinctive garb these sand people were wearing. I wonder if they're going to establish some. These like look altogether more mystical or... You know, yeah. uh, some people describe it as goth, but I thought they looked more like uh, <laughs> warlock. Uh-huh, like these, sure. these sand people commune with a dark god kind of kind of oh, flavor. Yeah, yeah they, they might do more with that. Who knows? Um, they don't do much with it in this episode. They, they do have uh, clear you know, roles within their society, right? There's like a yeah. chieftain of some yep. kind. Um, there's like the warrior who actually goes out there and fights him in this scene. Yeah, uh, that kind yeah. of stuff. All right, uh, Finnick pulls Mando out of the back to tank. We're back to current time. Um, pulls Mando out of the back to tank. He suits up to retrieve, or sorry, receive tribute from the locals, and Boba perhaps makes an enemy of the mayor of Mos Espa. We'll, we'll see how that shakes out. And then he acquires two new bodyguards in the form of the Gamorians who used to serve Jabba. I want to say, like, because we we had a little fun with Tamir Morrison last year, you know, <laughs> sure. Boba Fat, uh-huh. uh, uh, Chunky Fat. Uh, he, you know, the guy, he got a call. He's probably chilling in New Zealand, uh, you know, live, living his best Tamir Morrison life. And they're like, hey, uh, <laughs> we need you to squeeze back into the to, to, to your fucking Django arm. And he's like, what now? Yeah. Uh, and he just came over there and, and he, he and they squeezed him into, they got the breastplate stretcher out, the best car stretcher. They squeeze him in. I gotta say he's, he's, he's more, he's more Jake the Muss than Boba Fett. Uh, this, uh, he's, he's looking pretty, ch- pretty, pretty fighting in, in fighting form for 61 year old man. 
Is that how old he is? Yeah. Hell yeah. He's 61. 61? Here's the crazy thing. Finnick, Ming-Na Wen. How old do you think this woman is? 36. She is 58 fucking years old. She was 36 voicing Mulan, dude. Like, I I could. There's there's only a three-year age gap between these people. What the genetics wow. is going on? That's insane. Insane. <laughs> She's been in the Bacta tank, apparently. She's been sleep. Yeah, like a, in between movie roles, she just crawls into the Bacta tank. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wow. we, had, we had a passionate debate before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you took exception with this uh, Boba getting his armor scene. You said, oh, you yeah, said, armoring up. Sure. The, the commando esque. Uh, yeah. yeah. You've seen this scene in 50 other movies. Yeah. Sure. Rambos, Commandos, Batmans. They're all, if you got a guy who's got a bunch of cool. Yeah. yeah, You got, you got a a guy's got a cool cod piece. Here's a close up of it slipping on his crotch. Like, yeah. Uh, and and so, so what was your, what was your line? You didn't think the what? No, I didn't think that this show had earned this moment at all. Uh, this, this is a moment where Boba is try should, this should be a moment where Boba is triumphant boba has returned to his true form his old self boom you get the boba fett suit up scene and you're like hell yes boba's gonna go kick some ass as is this scene comes directly off of him failing to escape the tuscan raiders uh this comes directly off of him being yanked out of the sexual healing tank that he's in uh by finnick this scene just was totally out of place in this moment, completely out of place. All right. I'm going to disagree with you first. And I'm going to, then I'm going to agree with you. Uh, first of all, like, <laughs> okay. I can see having that opinion. If you just fell off the pop culture turnip truck and you have no idea what star Wars or Boba Fett is, but the idea that Boba Fett has to justify a scene of him putting his sick ass armor on that doesn't mean in glorious, glorious yeah. 4k. Like, come on. No, no. Boba Fett is his armor suit. You can't use the meta to justify the actual story that they're telling here because the story that they're telling is one of a weak, broken man who has not returned to his current form. And yet they're playing triumphant music as if he has simply because he puts the armor on. That's that's I it's bad storytelling. Mm. So I will I will agree with you there because like I I do um you know of course I haven't seen this whole ser- series uh this uh, my my mind could change but like more and more shows are doing this kind of like um memento telling two parallel stories different times I'm I'm you know I'm watching I'm in the middle of watching Station Eleven they're doing it for better or worse yeah, so there's yeah. a bunch of shows that do this and I'm like I kind of am with you like why can't we just tell the story of Boba Fett like getting his mojo back with the sand people and it can end triumphantly with him retaking Jabba's throne and like getting the armor up or something like it's by, by telling the story out order, you're right. You've, you're simultaneously telling Boba's story when he's at his weakest, he's at his lowest port point. He's at his Nadir and you're simultaneously at his triumphant ascension to Boba's throne, which we still don't know exactly how he did or what he did. And he just kind of like, I guess Boba's fortress was a band, but he still has an empire to get like I I'm sure they'll tell the rest of that story. But the way they're doing it with that bifurcated timeline, it is. And I don't think they need to justify a Boba Fett armor sequence, but I understand what you're saying from a storytelling perspective. It does feel like the beats are out of sync and they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Boba looks good on on J- Jabba's throne. I thought the Jabba's uh-huh. throne sequence, like, you know, seeing our old friends, Aqualish, 
uh, you know, joke about needing a protocol droid because you can't understand these people that don't speak basic or Farsi or whatever. The uh, I forget what the what is the Hutties? That's what it is. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the Trandosian who's kind of like menacing, like may you never leave Mos Espa, uh, <laughs> like. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then then yeah, you got the Mayor Carsetti from the Wire sending his uh, Twi'lek lackey to disrespect Boba Fett. That's that's not going to go well. I liked the writing in that scene. Um, mm. I, I think that exchange is pretty good. Uh, I, I do want to give them credit where credit's due here because, yeah, that, that, the, the way that flips and turns on its head and like, oh, just one matter of the tribute and he's confused and like, I got it. I, I understood what he was saying, but Boba's fresh out of the back to tank. He's a little disoriented. I'll give him that. Yeah, I wonder what the story, because like, you know, to me, Boba is like a legend, especially in this kind of space, like in a criminal kind of uh, underworld, like this would be yeah. like disrespecting Michael Corleone in Godfather <laughs> 2, like, but maybe from the mayor's perspective, like how long has Boba been in the tank? How long has he been in the Sarlacc pit? We don't really know. How long has he been in the care of the stand people? How long has he been back to how long? I wonder if there's a question of like, is this even Boba Fett? Because we had another guy Possibly, walking yeah. around in Boba Fett's armor, mm-hmm. pretending to be Boba. I, I wonder if there's some kind of, uh, in, in, in like, if, if this is the real Boba Fett. Like, oh, sure, Boba Fett has come back to, out of the Sarlacc pit to sit on Jabba's throne. Because otherwise, this mayor seems incredibly foolhardy. Yeah, I was wondering if this is an arrangement that he had with Jabba. Was Jabba paying tribute to the mayor of Mos Espa? Or... And Surely is it just a continuation not. of their arrangement or is this a new arrangement that, you know, is this a test of, of power here? Well, so they call, I don't know if you noticed this, but they called Boba the Daimyo, 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 I think is yeah. how you pronounce that. Um, and this is essentially the equivalent, uh, this is the Japanese equivalent of a feudal lord. Yeah. Like you had the Shogun, which was the, the essentially the real power behind uh, the, the Japanese society at the time. Nominally, it was the emperor, but the shogun ran shit. And then the daimos were the guys, his underbosses, essentially. Mm-hmm. So there is this idea that like if Jabba's did that implies that there was another level above Jabba of criminal crime bossery. And I, I wonder if this is like because I'm just taking this guy's a lightweight idiot that's going to get thumped. Maybe this guy's got a little bit more bottom. Like you said, if fuck Jabba paid tribute to this guy, that would be right. a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. And I don't know that that's the case. I'm just wondering aloud. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Uh huh. Um, did you know that Matt Barry voices the droid in this scene? The torture droid? Uh, yes. The one that. Yeah, suggest the torture shirt. No, uh, I heard that he did a voice and I I wanted to look it up, but I did not know it was him. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to be an ongoing because Matt Barry's got a great voice and he's very funny. Uh huh. (laughs) And and being him being the officious like torture droid that doesn't get to torture anymore Mm -hmm. sounds funny. That sounds really funny. I think so. Uh, and, and if you and don't know a lot of Matt Barry, the, the who is here. Matt Barry? If if because like I don't think he's a household oh, name. I, I mean, what we do in the shadows, he plays uh, Laszlo. Mm-hmm. He it. I, I don't know. He's in the IT crowd. He plays the boss in the second season. Um, Probably it, where a lot of people know him from. Yeah, yeah. It, he's had a lot of roles lately, and a lot, a lot of British television. So, Toast um, of London. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what was that? The, the the dark place. I forget the the the, the oh, spoof of the the Marengi. Is that something? Yeah, Dar- Garth Marengi's dark yeah. place or something like that. Like a a, a weird eighties uh, pseudo hospital 
supernatural urban thriller kind of thing um yeah yeah lately he's he's, he's very what we do in the shadows is what people know him for 100 percent uh all right anything else on that scene or shall we keep moving did we talk about the gamerians coming over to his side uh not really i mentioned it happens but what about yeah i don't know like again this feels a little bit star warsy to me like we're going to have the gamerian guards you know, because that's what Java, but I guess that makes a lot of sense. Um, and they're also doing Java, like you, they're trying to do a clear contrast between Boba and Java. The Bo- Java ruled by fear, fear, and Java's trying, or Boba, Boba Java. <laughs> uh, and Boba's trying to rule uh, through respect. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know. Like, again, like I'm, th- this feels such such like a just seamless stepping into the Jabba role. I kind of wish that uh, maybe Boba had an opportunity to build out his own crew of underlings and people that we would get to know. Because I guess like, yeah, this thing is like Gamorreans, like, I don't know, maybe we'll get a rich Gamorrean culture, but they've always been just dep- <laughs> like, they're just literally pigs. Yeah, they're literally pigmen, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do. I, I don't know. Are they going to fill out the uh, the backstory for the Gamorreans? I- they're loyal. They're brave. They're know. good in combat. But like, you know, like, I don't think there's going to be classic Gamorrean guard dialogue, you know, probably uh, not. No. Yeah. There probably won't be yeah, we'll any see. dialogue from them, at least for Chewbacca a while. manages to get in uh, a quip or three, even though he doesn't mm-hmm. speak basic. So so maybe they'll do True. something with the, the, the grunting. But uh, yeah, we'll see. All right. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. 
Not only are all of our Premium Club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-round movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk podcast where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. Next up, Boba Finnick and his guards visit a casino in Mos Espa where he is paid tribute. Afterward, they're ambushed by some shield warriors. I don't know who these people are, and that's kind of the point. But they manage to win the fight and take one prisoner. And then Boba is dragged back to his back to pod for some liquid healing. Uh, what do you think of these these scenes here? I thought there's some interesting dynamic of like Boba trying to do things his way in a society that's very much used to something else. And it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of like uh, Queen Daenerys's uh, travails and Essos where you're, She's horrified and she wants to put the end to this. She wants to put the end to that. And the people themselves have mixed feelings about some of their reforms. Um, And she has to kind of like balance, you know, what she wants to do with what that she has available to work with. And I think that'd be an interesting that like there, there is Mm -hmm. a, you know, there, there's some, some interesting shades of gray you can introduce into that, you know, like the, the, the Boba, maybe Boba, you're better off like being carried on a litter. Because uh, that's what people are com- comfortable with, and that's what people realize recognizes power. And by bucking that, you're bucking the whole system. Um, I thought the yeah. the casino was kind of cool. Like it's a little too nice for what I thought. Yeah, on Tatooine, probably Tatooine yeah. would have. But this isn't most Isley, which is the the sure, the that's... wretched hive of scum and villainy. This right. is, uh, you know, I guess one of the nicer verbs. Um, it's cool to see Max Rebo, or I guess. It could just be some other. I didn't know what Max Rebo's species was until I looked it up for this podcast and Ortolan, the little blue, oh, uh, yeah, cute pachyderm kind of keyboard players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like and the helmet polishing. I thought that was kind of weird, but like it's also, I think it showed Boba might be a little bit more familiar with the customs be- than than she was because he's like, oh no, let him let him polish our helmets and uh-huh. like I think he knew what what the score was going to be there. <laughs> so and when it comes I, back with yeah, all those credits in there, which. Which are Republic credits? I paused to see if there uh, was any Rebel old Imperial on them. It's yeah. all, it's all, they're all, they're taking credits. There's, they're taking credits out here now. Uh-huh. There's been a huge improvement since episode one. People take Republic credits now. Apparently, yeah. Um, um the, 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 I love the line when those helmets come back and she says, looks like yours is shinier than mine. It's, it's exactly. a really good line. Uh, also, polishing helmets, like, is this Favreau being little like a little adult? Because that's like know. that's right. That's 
that's slang for cock knocking, man. It's like polishing polishing mm-hmm. your 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 helmet, you know. Yeah, don't uh, tell me uh, yeah. the Java never had his helmet polished. Yeah, my my <laughs> six and a half inch uh Kenner figure <laughs> uh <laughs> polishing that up in, in the mint condition. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny too. Um Yeah. And then yeah, the energy shield guys. Uh I so what's your what's your suspicion about these guys? Uh I didn't have any. I don't know. Uh they could be from the mayor. I mean, they are in Mos Espa. He was the mayor of Mos Espa who said uh you'll get a delegation or whatever. So expected this sooner. Yeah, I, I think it's the mayor flexing. Yeah, um, probably. And I I gotta say, did did Boba's brain get digested partially because this guy fires a rocket dude straight into a sh- surrounded by a shield wall and almost kills himself and his partner but like, d- but totally doesn't also like this is the weird yeah it's gi joe this is weird shit yeah um he fires a rocket two feet from his face it explodes and he's fine right like totally fine he, he gets knocked down he gets right back up no problem then he fires that same rocket at a dude later and it erases him from existence yeah, like you can't have it both ways. You can't have one of these wrist rockets totally obliterating, deatomizing a human being, mm-hmm. and then also have it blow up in his face and him be fine. But uh, Boba Fett is a fan of vaporization or disintegration, I should say. He is a fan, um, of that, yeah. but but I mean, Boba Fett and May- we've seen like so much of more of their weaponry now. Like he's got like fucking knee mounted rockets and a jetpack vibro to blades get out of the center is- of that problem. Yeah. And a flamethrower that he could have like started sweat like there's like I don't know why he went wrist rocket man uh, <laughs> right it, it's like one of those things where it's like did they understand again he's he's, he's still half back the tank and all that but like I mm-hmm. he's seen it, it's it's a little bit surprisingly buffoonish uh, turn for Mando or for for the Mandalor for the for Boba Fett who is also a Mandalorian um, yeah yeah like he he got his ass kicked throughout this episode everyone he got saved by the Gamorrean guards mm-hmm. uh finnick uh, handles two of these people complete like with with some space parkour and some space uh kung fu yeah that was cool and yeah i don't know like maybe maybe boba's weaker than than we think uh which maybe you should wear your helmet more often dude because, yeah uh, well I, it's tough to wear a helmet rocket, rocket full, from brief it away not wearing a helmet mm. I, not even eye tribute, protection man Full of, full of that yeah. tribute. And that's how he got robbed by Jawas twice in the same episode, <laughs> man. Did. Jawas! He did. Uh, I, I thought the, the space parkour was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed that stuff. Uh, especially I love watching parkour. Around a wall yeah. from a pipe. It was, that was neat. To me, parkour, yeah, if you're James Bond, do some parkour. You're, you're Matt Damon, do some parkour. If you're a, a space bounty hunter, definitely do some parkour. Did, I did not yeah. mind that at all. Good stuff. Uh, and then we get another flashback. We're back with Boba and the other prisoner who are taken out to the desert by a single Tusken Raider child to dig for water. And they find some, but also they find more than that when a huge creature comes out of the sand and attacks them. Boba kills it and they bring back the head, earning Boba some water and perhaps his freedom from the leader of, of the tribe there. I thought for a minute that that was going to be a rancor. And I'm, I thought and it was I like started, a crate dragon, but yeah, yeah, we had the crate dragons and and Mando uh-huh. last year. But I was like, you know, and again, because I am I'm a real fucking Star Wars fan. I know that <laughs> Rancors are native to the. All right, 
Native to the plane of Dathomar, where all those Force Witches I was talking, they, they ride Rancors like Battle Beast. Oh. Like, yeah, I thought, right. And I'm like, well, this is, that's legend, so maybe they're just kind of like rewriting that. But no, it turns out it's like a, this is an, a species unknown to Star Wars science, and it's not named this episode. It's, it's uh, yeah. like a scaly lizard Pokemon Machamp. Uh, four arms, <laughs> two legs, although maybe two I it was arms like and four a Goro legs. kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a, a def- Minotaur yeah. Goro. Yeah, and it it's got that thing where it can it can be like a centaur form or it can be like or upright. Centaur, I, I thought yeah. it was I thought it was a kind of a cool mm-hmm. I thought it was a pretty cool looking uh alien. Yeah, not, for sure. Not, not a bad addition to the canon. Uh I agree. Do you think uh what do you think um they have this so I had a couple scenes of like uh this youngling for some reason. I have no idea why the old people let him take these prisoners out into the desert to farm moisture. Uh, they stopped mm-hmm. off at this like uh, Aunt Beru, Uncle Owen's kind of moisture farm homestead. And they saw them being wrecked by these gangsters who are painting these back to back like double J kind of things. Yeah. Um, and then they, they dig JL. up these uh, these these water pods. Um, I don't understand how water works on Tatooine. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> It's, I, I thought it's, I thought that I, the moisture the, the moisture farms were like evaporators. In fact, uh, Uncle, yeah, I thought they were did, did Uncle Owen, from the air. Does Uncle Owen knows he could go rake his yard and get water? Right. Like uh, I, I don't know how much evaporator water can get from the dry air of the double sunned desert, but like apparently there's this like leader like there's like fucking uh there's bottled I water right directly yeah. below their feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, get a bulldozer in there, man. Get get some earth movers and just start a business. Uh, start a See, real this business. Is, this is this is why the humans they should have they should have asked the natives that lived on the planet before they started uh, you know moisture farming. This is the right. equivalent of the the Native Americans teaching uh, the colonists how to to grow corn with with dead fish. You know, you plant sure. one kernel corn, one dead fish. You don't you don't get water. You, you just dig. You dig for a couple minutes, yeah. you'll find the uh, these fossilized water bottles. Yeah, the Nestle. The Nestle race has, 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 has dumped tons of these bottles uh, over the desert. And you just dig them up. I guess you needed some way for the Tuscan Raiders to be able to survive out there, right? Like, you can't have moisture evaporation being the only source of water here because mm. they don't have that tech. So I think oh. they just dig a well, man, like the, like the Bedouin yeah. do. You know, like you can, there's got to be there's water, water somewhere. There's somewhere, yeah. It's weird. It's weird. And I thought, like, was was the implication that the youngling was just going to knock off this moisture farm for water and he couldn't do that. So he's going to make this the prisoners dig. I, I I was very unclear about, like, was this a coming of age ritual? Like, what what is the deal? Was he was yeah. he out here to attack this six arm thing and bring its head back? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I think that was a surprise. But yeah, I, I was unclear on exactly the, the chain of events here. Um mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Uh, in the end, yeah, the, the, I'm curious if the gangs, like these roving gangs, are going to be more of a thing because, like, painting those symbols seems like they're setting something up. You know, keep keep an eye on these symbols here. But they're totally unconnected. I I wonder if this is some kind of like challenge to, you know, a rival gang sort of thing that uh, Boba is going to have to deal with later. I think it might be the mayor again. Like, I think the mayor, like, after really? Bib Fortuna died, 
thought, here's a giant power vacuum, and I'm going to step right into it, not knowing that Boba Fett had designs on it. And then he thinks that he's already encircled enough of Jabba's empire that he can fight this guy off. Hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, all right. I mean, if the mayor wants the, to, the mayor's the name was is Mok Shiaz. Okay. And I was like, but like that doesn't seem like this doesn't seem like the. Yeah, maybe is this because this look like an M from the right now? Nah, I don't know. Nah. I, I don't know what they're going for, but I'm 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 guessing this is all connected to the the mayor. Okay. Um, until I see otherwise, he's the one that's try, trying to like you know uh to out Boba Fett, Boba Fett, I guess. Gotcha. And and I think that we'll know next episode because uh, Finnick did catch one of those guys alive. Uh-huh. And I guess there'll be a question about like, does Boba Fett not believe in torture when he's trying to interrogate some some punk to try to kill him? Sure. Because uh, I, I really want to see the man, the, this this Mandalorian warrior, just uh, get get what he wants by asking politely, right? With a cup of hot chocolate. Yeah, it's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe that's the whole point of this first scene is going to be testing this kinder, gentler, no torture rule. Uh, and they're just setting it up oh, in this first do think, episode. Do you think there's going to be a little bit of Dune where like the mayor's like gotten a lot of uh, Jabba's old empire and his old toughs and his old thugs and uh, uh, the, the Boba Fett's going to use desert power? He's essentially going to use right. the natives. He's yeah. going to militarize and, and organize the, the tribes of sand people to be his muscle. Yeah. That'd be kind of smart. I want to see a crate dragon tooth dagger. At some point, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, the Star Wars and Disney, of course, the Star Wars must flow. There's this. This is not stopping. <laughs> there is no fucking way. There's no breaks on. We've this got train. spice. Yeah, give me a fucking Kessel show. I I, yeah. I want to see like the Kessel spice mines, right? Like I want to yeah. see who, who who who's the fucking Dark Lord of Disney right now. It's not Eisner. Who's who's the C? I, I, I need someone to make a, a one of those uh, memes of like that guy uh, telling. Uh, Shit, who's the, the the tough guy from Guardians of the Galaxy that was uh Drax? the tough guy on Yeah, Drax. Who plays that guy? Oh, he was in Dune. Dave Batista. Yeah. Dave Batista I need I need so I need the, the current Dark Lord of Disney telling Dave Batista in Dune to squeeze. Squeeze, you know, squeeze the Star Wars nerds for all they've got <laughs> because that's what they're doing. We're doing. We're being squeezed. We're being yeah. squeezed. It really does feel like it in a show that is essentially a clone of the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah it does feel a little like squeezy. if you wanted to make this show why the mandalorian right yeah well, we've already got a beloved mandalorian character let's do that one but right okay. right yeah we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see where they go if they can do take it and and interesting because again i was i was really i was kind of excited for the godfetter i like to see like uh you know the smart side of boba fett like shifting alliances and trying to you know, uh, you know, having having dinners where he's saying that lightning's going to strike somebody if uh, you know gr- the baby Grogu doesn't make it back from his his Italian vacation. You know, like I <laughs> I wanted to see some stuff like some Brando shit. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't expect uh, Brando to lose a hundred pounds and come back and just just uh, get his ass kicked in all the fights. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, yep. That's what we thought. What did you think? We are opening up the feed bag. It's tribe. We're going to keep the tribe of two because the tribe of two was never it was never the Mandalorian and baby Yoda. It was always me and Jim. You guys Mm -hmm. got that right. We were the tribe of two uh, and we will still be the tribe of two as we as we trek through the Star Wars uh, cinematic universe of Disney Plus. 
Uh, it's not a promise to do every Disney Plus Star Wars live action show. Um, but we're going to, yeah, each project, we're going to look at it and gauge your interest and uh, gauge the community's uh, temperature as far as their appetite for Star Wars and then uh, cover it or not based on those metrics. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk about the next episode of Boba. Uh, also, when is our, what's our release schedule going to be going forward? Because I know, um, you know, the Christmas break kind of caught us flat footed. And yeah. we're here a couple of day, you know, a couple of days uh, late to the party. Are we going to try to get these out like on a Friday release schedule, like we did with Mando? Or are we going to keep up the Monday release? Um, I think Friday makes a lot of sense since this is you know releasing uh, since episodes air on Wednesday. Um, okay, that's what I was thinking too, but I wasn't sure yeah. that uh, we had fi- finalized that. So we hadn't, but I think we just did. Friday releases here on out. Uh, Tribe. At baldmove.com is where you send the feedback. Uh, and so it's where I, I'm, I'm a take on all you young punk Star Wars comers. Bring it. Bring it. Tribe at baldmove.com. Uh, we'll see you next week for the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs>